is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. You actually get to control the content of the website. And I don't know if there are any other talk shows that will let you do that to their sites. All of the information that you see there in the main page, the main column of our site at freetalklive.com, all created by listeners like you. Uh, somebody found, perhaps you, perhaps it was you. You, uh, for instance, might find something online you think is interesting, you want to share it with us and the rest of our listeners. You submit it as show prep to the website and then others can vote as to whether or not they like or dislike uh, whatever it is that uh, you've suggested. You get to vote on things as well and the most voted up will make it to the front page in the top of the site over at freetalklive.com. As always, there is uh, much to discuss this evening. The Postal Service posting a $2.2 billion loss. We'll uh, give you some details on that here in a little bit. But by the way, joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. Uh, So 800-259-9231. Julia, always nice to have you in here. Uh, So appreciate you coming in this week. We had Dale take some time off. He was... Uh, gone to the uh, gay lexicon, which apparently is a uh, some kind of a, I guess a gay comic, yeah, comic book convention, sci- or sci-fi, sci-fi convention. convention. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll hear all about that next week when he comes back. Uh, CNN Money reporting that the U.S. Postal Service continues to hemorrhage money with a loss of 2.2 billion dollars in the most recent quarter. Now, if you were running a company and you were losing 2.2 billion dollars a quarter, that's <laughs> That's significant. You started with a big company, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're Walmart and you're losing two point two billion per quarter, something's wrong, and you, you need to change the way you do things. Right. I was going to say you have to make some major changes if you're losing that much. I, I think that if you lost that one quarter, people would would in a regular business would instantly start looking at changes. It wouldn't continue, hopefully, right. from quarter to quarter. And this is not. News. I mean, this is this is almost not news because it is happening from quarter to quarter. Right. And that's the question you have to ask yourself is, you know, if you talk about uh, the post office here on the show, it won't be too long before some postal employee or management in the post office We're or, running in the block. or somebody. No, no. They, they say, <laughs> look, the post office is uh, is a private company where, you know, we've we've been cut off since from the federal government since the 70s mm-hmm. or something like that. And and, you know, you can try to come up with the facts as best you can. I can't say I'm a scholar of the uh, the post office but i've i've read some reports here and there then you get into a nah uh 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 battle with this person right like yeah. oh, you know that didn't happen oh yes it did you know like the, the back and forth oh no we don't take money from the government for this or that yep, that's or the one other of their thing. claims is that they and it goes back and forth separate. And, I, and I have no idea. I, I mean, how am I going to prove that? I, you know, there's there are academics out there doing scholarly work. This person claims to work for the post office. They're getting some kind of information, whether it's twisted or right or whatever it is. I have no idea. But you really have to ask yourself when the numbers come down like this: two point two billion dollar mm. loss. And when was the last time you heard about the post office running in the black? I mean, really? Just when for the they... postal employees, they'll they'll claim that they're running in the black. Well, yeah, but, but when did you ever see the post office, uh, you know, post online? Hey, we had a profitable third quarter. 
I have never heard that in my life. All I've ever heard is posts like this every quarter. You know, I don't pay close attention, but every time I hear about it, the post office lost this much money or that much money. They need to raise stamps. They have to go to Congress to raise stamps for this reason or that reason. And I think they're losing $24 million a day. Or uh, Yeah, $24 yeah, $24 million a day. That's the... You know, you can't run like that and not be getting bailed out somehow. <laughs> I don't know where the bailouts are coming from. Is the post office getting cheap rents? That's what I read. I read the government's giving them cheap rents. I don't know. I can't prove it. Is the post office having its uh, pension paid off by the government? That's what I read. I don't know. So let me give you a little more information here. Again, from the CNN Money piece, the National Mail Service said on Tuesday that it expects to have a cash shortfall and reach its statutory borrowing limit by the time its fiscal year ends in September. This means the agency could be forced to default on some of its payments to the federal government because who's loaning them the money? Who, who else would loan them that kind of money? Who, what, what crazy bank would, would you know, so the postal service agent, you know, the postmaster general comes into their office and, you know, asks for a loan and shows them their books and they're losing $2.2 billion a quarter. What, what madman would loan them anything? Not it's, a single one. Right. It's the federal government taking your tax dollars and just just shoveling them into a fire. I think you'd have to actually find madmen. And then I want to know what they would do. I, you know, find me some crazy people. Go to the craziest crazy house around and say, "Hey, you know, here's the here, here's how much money the post office is losing every month. Every month, want to loan them some money? <laughs> Here, we'll just let you write the check for the government. And I, I'd be really interested. I mean, I don't think anybody would do this. The Postmaster General said the service is still seeking changes to federal laws that would allow it to change its business model and potentially save enough men, uh, enough money to allow, excuse me, to avoid a default. So, why do you need laws to change a business model? Can't you just change a business model if it's not working? Well, right. If you were a really separate private organization, then yeah, you should be able to just change whatever it is you need to change without going to the legislature to ask permission first before you can change your business model. So clearly they are not in, in any way an ind- truly independent entity. I think what happened, and this is just this is just me going on, you know, stuff that I've read in the past, is that at some point the you know, they went quasi private. And in going quasi-private, they had these rules that they had to follow. Nobody would set up a business um, delivering first-class mail across town for the same rate that they would deliver first-class mail across the war- a country. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the same rate that you would send from Miami to Anchorage is the same rate that you send from Miami to Hialeah. It doesn't make any sense at all. Hialeah is another place in Florida. Uh, fine, Liberty City. I, I don't, okay, West Palm Beach. Yeah. Uh, you know, this, it's the same rate. It makes no sense. The Postal Service uh, may return to financial stability only through significant changes to the laws that limit flexibility and impose undue financial burdens, according to the Postmaster General. At issue, apparently, is a 2006 law requiring the service to pay between 5.4 and 5.8 billion into its prepaid retiree health benefits each year. In addition, the agency is seeking congressional approval to eliminate Saturday mail service. Now, this hasn't worked for radio. Now, I, I obviously, I'm intimately familiar with the radio business. Uh, that's what I've been doing for my entire adult life. And the 
business model of let's cut our way to success is generally not a very good way to to go about. Like you've got problems in your business, something's wrong, you know, sales are down or whatever the issues are, something's wrong. So instead of fixing the root of the problem, you just cut staff or cut whatever you you know whatever it is you can cut, you cut that and expect that that's going to solve the problem. And it hasn't that pro, that has not worked for uh, for the radio business because it doesn't fix the product, uh, it doesn't fix the you know the root issues. You're just trimming off the edges and you're trying to stay afloat while not actually changing the way you do business. Yeah. And that's what they're talking about doing here. Well, let's just cut out one sixth of our day, you know, of our daily ta- or weekly tasks, and that'll help save us uh, you know a few billion dollars, three well, billion dollars. I don't know. Um, I think that you can, you know, obviously in companies you have to trim the fat, and the biggest fat that goes into the United States Postal Service is employees. Now, honestly. The postal employees are quite thin. They walk around a lot, but um, they, you know, not all of them. They get paid around, around here in Keene, New Hampshire. They walk around a lot, but in many many places, they're they're in trucks. I haven't seen a fat postal worker, but that doesn't mean they don't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know the, the, they go. I'm sorry, you maybe lose my. So they so they're walking around a lot. Right. One of the things that one could do is trim the fat in this area, and um, you know send these folks some of them need to go home there's these non-contract employees okay mm-hmm. sorry uh, you know thanks for your service goodbye um uh, you, you'd send those people home they don't have the the union they're, they're not as hard to fire because they're not union employees secondly a lot of those union employees are going bye-bye they're getting old um you know no one's getting hired by the union anymore they're all getting hired as contract employees the post office should deliver on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays to some address to half the addresses, and Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays to the other half of the addresses. If you trim fat, you really will make the organization more lean, more mean, and it'll take longer for it to destroy itself. But how many of their employees are hourly versus salaried? It's government we're talking about here. More coming up at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Hunting, shooting, camping, apparel, auto ATV, tactical gear, survival equipment. OutdoorBunker.com is your one-stop discount shop for all your outdoor survival needs. From scopes, holsters, and knives to backpacks, flashlights, sleeping bags, and more, OutdoorBunker.com features a massive selection at incredible prices. Orders over $100 get free shipping. FTL listeners, get the UTG Deluxe Universal Horizontal Shoulder Holster for only $9.95. I've got mine. Get yours at OutdoorBunker.com slash FTL now. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And we give you the features on the site totally free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. All right. So, um, by the way, the features on the site include the bulletin board system where you can get interactive with other listeners over at bbs.freetalklive.com. Have you ever been the victim of an injustice and then decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too expensive? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. Until you know these rules, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney. And the four-CD course is so easy, an average eighth grader could learn it in a weekend. Visit Jurisdictionary.com there. Download their free tools they have there for you. It's the uh, free legal, legal flowchart, free weekly tips and tactics newsletter. 
use the free legal dictionary, watch the free videos, and then buy the course, jurisdictionary.com. Remember to use uh, the, the pull-down menu and mention Free Talk Live when you check out, just to let them know that you heard it here, jurisdictionary.com. So the post office is, as we report from time to time, this is a, if, a couple times a year you'll hear an update on the post office here on this program because they just keep hemorrhaging cash. In this case, it's $2.2 billion down the drain, uh, according to CNN Money. And, oh, that's in the last quarter. So take that out across an entire year, and you're looking at you know almost $10 billion a year that, uh, that they're losing. And according to the post office, they have got to pay approximately $5.8 billion just in retiree health benefits each year. And like a lot of government agencies, the package that the the employees get is sweet, man. I mean, you get sweet coverage when you're working for them. And the then, union employees, but they've been hiring a lot more of like these contract employees uh, that don't get near the benefits. They don't get a full day's work and and that kind of thing. And when we were leaving, you mentioned, um, do government employees get paid hourly? Do post office employees get paid hourly? Yeah, how many of them? And my suggestion that they work from, you know, that that they deliver Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays to to half the addresses and Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays to the other half, you were saying, well, do they work hourly? And I'm not sure that they do or they don't. What I'm suggesting is that they can do this attrition thing because you can't fire union employees unless they've, you know, sacrificed a, a chicken on the altar or something like that right there in the, the middle of the, the, the post office. Um, so what you would do is you would allow them to drift away through an attrition and hopefully make the business more efficient over time. That's all you can really do. The post office, it's it's pretty much... I feel like we'll eventually get to a point like with um, the government-operated telephone systems that they used to have, mm. uh, where you just don't need the post office anymore. Because I was thinking about it earlier, and I rarely get any mail ever because everything's done electronically now as far as bills. So I don't get any statements or anything like that in the mail. And who sends me a letter ever? Do Do you have like a, a regular mailbox yeah. on the house? I have a regular you- mailbox at the house, and I think it's mostly empty. The mailbox, by the way, or the mailman, by the way, is a real jerk. He always leaves the mailbox open. He doesn't close the lid ever. And the mail gets disgustingly wet. So he's not doing a very good job anyway. Well, but we'll just have them fired. I get junk mail every day. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask about is because to me, the post office has turned into essentially an ad venue, a, a, a delivery uh, system for junk mail, whether it's pizza ads or Chinese food restaurant ads or mm-hmm. car washes or carpet cleaning or whatever it is that they deliver. They deliver a lot of that. And those people get bulk mail rates. So they send out at half price or whatever it is. I don't know yeah. what it is, but they get a they get a discount. Whereas if I want to send a, a note to my grandma saying, hi, Granny, I love you. I've got to pay full boat. So in, it's, it's in some small way, I'm subsidizing my own junk mail. And I hate that. I hate it. I hate it junk so much. Junk mail, if they're going to deliver it, it should be at a higher rate. Didn't you not put a, um, a mailbox up at your house? Yes, I don't have a mailbox up at my house because my experience is what yours is, is that, you know, mostly I don't get mail that I want to get out there um, that, the, you know, the, the delivery, <laughs> I just, I don't enjoy the experience of uh, mean, going out to the, the road and getting, you know, a handful of junk mail. You can generally, even when you sign up for things like insurance, you can sign for everything electronically now. Mm, I mean, most, almost everything you can do is, is on the computer, so you... You barely need a mailbox. Really, I mean, the post office. You're absolutely right. It's it's really a relic at this point. It's like 
it's equivalent to the newspaper. I mean, there are people that are maybe in the older brackets that might still use it to send letters because right. maybe they haven't come on board with uh, you know technology. Or but, they don't have somebody's email address. That's but a lot of a lot of those users are going to die off in the in the future, and that's the problem the newspapers are facing as well. Right. If I have to ship a package, if it's one that I don't care about and I'm willing to send it USPS, like sometimes I'll sell things on eBay and they want to pay the the lowest shipping rate and sure. it's their responsibility if it gets lost yep. i still won't set foot in the post office i'll go to a private like a mailboxes etc mm-hmm. because i hate being in the post office so and you'll much. pay the extra because they'll, i'll pay they'll the charge extra. you a surcharge at those places yeah, they do charge more i think it's like a dollar or something but it's worth not having to like you wait don't have line. to wait and the people are pleasant mm-hmm. it's just worth I, I don't think i'll ever set foot in a post office again i don't I see any when, reason to I, I hate it when i get the what is it the, i don't know what it's called the registered the certified mail, mail. Little peach yeah. pizza paper where it says report to the post office we've got some crap for you yeah right well and, i mean it wasn't crap it was silver from midas resources whatever, um, because apparently it. you can't send silver and gold through fedex or, no, can't or ups or As something like that it, yeah. which is very upsetting to me and i don't know why that is is that some kind of federal law that you can't send silver and gold through private shipping services why is that? I don't know. The Does reason. anyone know that? Can, can you please explain it to me? But anyway, so uh, so yeah, they they put this piece of paper in there, and I say to my private mailbox because I have a private mailbox, and I say to my private mailbox people, "Is there no way you can accept these for me?" And they said, "No, the post office requires that the person who is recipient, I cannot have an agent receive that for me. I have to go." to the post office in person to receive that mail. You they just... have all kinds of stupid rules like that. Like if you have a post office box and some things, they won't sign for it for you. If you have a if you have a private mailbox, they'll sign for some packages Correct. for you. But the post, the post office, office can't office even accept packages. Yep. No, no, they won't even take packages from FedEx or UPS. Right, really? so if you have the option of going to one of these stores that has mailboxes in it and having a mailbox there or getting a mailbox at the post office, always go to the store because the rates tend to be cheaper. Yeah, I was going to say, what do they charge for UPS there, you can get FedEx there, you can get all stuff. Don't ever get a P.O. box. I've never even considered getting P. a P.O. box. P.O. box is also, you can't use the address in a lot of situations, yeah. but if you have one of the mailboxes, it just looks like an apartment. Right. Yeah, I, I, I've never even looked into what it costs to get a, a P.O. box, but I pay seven bucks a month for it's my private mailbox. more mail than box. that. I had one once bef- when I was young, like 18. I, I just wanted my own mailbox because I was still living with my parents, yeah. and I want to say that it was like $30 or something like that Jeez. for... Maybe it's too much. They've got momentum. That's what they've got. You know, when you think about going and getting a box, you generally think about going to the post office and getting it. Most people, I think, just don't know. Yeah, they just don't know that you can get a private mailbox or they don't understand the the benefits of having one over a P.O. box. You're absolutely right. I was actually I picked up somebody today uh, because there was an an issue with her car and she needed a ride. So I picked her up and I stopped by my private mailbox and she was just bewildered by this, you know, this neat idea that you can pay this small amount of money every month and have people actually receive packages for you because it's nice not having them leave a package like right out on your front porch getting rained or not delivering it because you have to sign for it. Yep. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you want your experiences with the Postal Service. Maybe you worked for them. Maybe you still do. You're welcome to bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. Hi, I'm Mark 
Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to dial in toll-free and bring up anything you'd like at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site, so enjoy them on us, freetalklive.com. And those features include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the site there at the top. You can click, and then if you want, you can go into the archive section and go all the way back to late 2006, all free at freetalklive.com. LibertyManiacs.com. They have the largest online Liberty brand featuring the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparels, embroidered hat, apparel, em- embroidered hats, and over a hundred different other products. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, LibertyManiacs.com is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement worldwide with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. No hassle, money-back guarantee on all the products. New new products in almost every day. Check them out at LibertyManiacs.com. And we actually got some uh, T-shirts here uh, from LibertyManiacs.com, and I'm pleased with mine. They're very sharp. Yep. I like lots of uh, sharp, smart sayings on them as well. So um, check them out. Yeah, go see them over at LibertyManiacs.com. And 800-259-9231 is the number. Let's go to your phone calls. Post office losing $2.2 billion in just the last quarter alone. Uh, they don't know, you know, they've got some ideas as to what they can do, but apparently they have to ask the government's uh, permission first because they're not really as independent as they might like you to believe before they can change their business model. In the meantime, they'll continue hemorrhaging cash, which, of course, you're paying for whether you use their service or not. Let's continue with Chris listening in Maryland. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hey, how are you doing today? Hey, Chris, what's on your mind? Uh, yeah, I just want to let your people know if they're government employees. I'm sorry if you hear the background noise at the bus. I'm on my way home from work. But we were talking about this uh, government snatching of the uh, federal employee uh, pension funds. Um, I just want to let the people know that it is the G fund of the TSP, the G fund, which is the securities fund of the TSP that the government has started as of uh, Monday raiding to uh, fund the federal government. What is a TSP? It's the uh, Thrift Savings Plan for federal employees, all federal employees and military. So I th- I heard something about this is like news today, right? Where the the government has gone in, they're go- or they're going in, and they're just going to take uh, money out of pen- pension funds to fund the current operations. Is that the idea? Yes, um, it came out in a uh, Washington Times news report on. Sunday, it was updated yesterday, and today it was big news where I worked at Walter Reed. We were discussing about it, mm. and it is the G Fund, the uh, G Fund of the TSP, which... So you work security. for the federal government? Yes. What are your coworkers saying about this? They think it's absolutely insane. They're like, hey, when the government starts talking about taking my money, I'm, they're getting their attention. Right. Finally, I mean, now, you know, people aren't working, mostly aren't working for the government because they're 
passionate about it. They're working for the government because it's a good, stable job that pays well. Or so they thought. Right, exactly. And these thrift savings plans, basically what happens is, like, for example, I, I contribute to the I fund, which is international fund, and on my funds I dictate, okay, 100% of the money that I uh, contribute, the government matches it. Well, they also match 1% of that to put into the G fund, so I have something in the G fund anyway. And they're going to rob that to pay the government with this, uh, I guess you could say, uh, flimsy, you know, dust in the wind kind of uh, an excuse of we're going to pay you back. Yeah, don't worry. Oh, really? Just, just like they did Social Security, you know? <laughs> Are they really saying that they're going to they're going to make it up to you at some point? Yeah, right. Now, with the fluctuating or the fall of the dollar, and if the dollar becomes worthless by the time they pay us back, what good is it anyway? Yeah, exactly. Great point. Um, obviously, the government continues to print out money, which, of course, in- increases the money supply, and thereby that's inflation, and so makes it the, so those dollars will be worthless. So you might be able to buy a hamburger uh, when they finally pay all that money back if, uh, if things continue to get worse. And it sure as heck doesn't look like it's going to get much better for the dollar. I mean, historically, it, can, it has lost, what, 96% of its value or something like that ever since they took away the, uh, the precious metals backing so you know what can you really do about that though i mean as a government employee you may have a contract with them but it's a contract with the state and they have the privilege of well pretty much doing whatever it is they want to right i mean you can't sue them over this it's their court system it's their system and they have the prerogative to change their agreement at any time arbitrarily don't they yeah yeah exactly it's exactly they have a lot of tort laws where you can't sue the federal government like for example when I was disabled by the Army, I couldn't sue the government for any kind of negligence because I was a government employee, mm. and you're not allowed to sue the federal government. But in this case, I just want to make sure that anybody out there listening out there knows that it's the G fund of the TSP that's being hit as of Monday because we had no money or we couldn't uh, borrow any more money. And I would suggest anyone shove it into the I fund, or it's even been suggested just to take a penalty hit and get it out of and get the cash. Probably right. not a bad. That's probably not a bad idea at all. I mean, to leave any of it in their hands would just tempt them more into using whatever the I fund is or whatever the other uh, funds are. Thanks for the call, Chris. I appreciate the uh, the kind of the inside scoop there from somebody actually working for the federal government. You know, people they think that the government is uh, is strong financially. They think that well, you know, they can always just tax their way out. If they run out of cash, they can just get more by taxing it. And for the longest time, that was true. For the longest time, that that actually works. I mean, for the longest time, they paid out, and then life was good, and it was just... Well, that's Ponzi schemes and pyramid schemes work initially, too. Mm-hmm. And that's really all the government is. The government is a, is a, is, is a you know, income... It's a legal one. Yeah, an income redistribution system. There are people who take money from some people, keep money for themselves, and give it to other people. And that's how it works. I mean, how many times have we seen this happen, not just in the financial aspects, but just the idea of government changing the deal? So, for instance, Social Security recipients, they're told one thing about, oh, yeah, just work till you're 65. Well, now they're talking about raising the retirement age or cutting the benefits. Well, yeah, we'll pay you out this much. Well, no, no. When it actually comes time, well, it turns out it's 70 and uh, and the retirement and the amount they're paying out is lower than what they'd originally promised. And there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, what bothers me about it is the sense of entitlement that it gives people. Mm, oh yeah. Like I can understand being aggravated about not getting your benefits because they have been taking it from you for a long time. And I think people in in I'm 
26. I think people in my generation, it's pretty much just known that we're not going to get Social Security. And, and you know, people who are older, they kind of, they have always been told that they're going to get this money. So when, when you say that they're going to get cut, it scares them because that's a lot of what they have. Some of them, it's all of what they have and that's what they live yep. off. But the sense of entitlement, I find irritating. Like the the, the thought of taking that away, you know, that no, I, I earned this, I deserve this. It just. Well, I think they do deserve it because the because government the promised government it to took them. it away, and I agree with that. But the problem is, is that the expectation is, is that I'm going to pay it. Now I've opted out of Social Security a long time ago, but I can do that because I'm self-employed. Somebody who's employed by somebody else, they don't have the option of They're opting out. Fifteen percent every paycheck. They don't have the option they of opting out. They cut it down this year, two percent. We got two percent of our paychecks back. For real? Mm-hmm. We yeah, got a letter a, in January. There's so, a little bump from the government, but I think yep. you might have to pay it off at, during your income tax. I don't know. I mean, I don't don't take uh, oh, tax advice from me, but as I understand that that's that's the case. There's a little bump in your paycheck to to stimulate. So, as another example of government changing the rules or changing the deal, is uh, the people that were stop lost. Remember those stories from yeah, uh, Iraq from and military, Afghanistan? Yeah. Well, the yeah, the military members, they're, you're told when you sign up, yeah, we're in for four years, and then uh, four more years on uh, top of that is the ready reserves, or whatever the deal is. And then, oh, well, turns out we need you a little longer than we originally had planned, so you're not going anywhere, buddy. And then they're just stuck. The military member is stuck in there unless they want to go AWOL or whatever, which apparently we've talked to somebody before and it's not as bad no, as quite a few people actually before. Uh, but nonetheless, the point being that they tell you one thing, they do another. You have no standing to sue because it's the government and it's their system and you're screwed, man. If you count on them for anything, you better look out. Yeah. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So then you take that entitlement mentality, and then what happens to those people when those entitlements are pulled out from underneath them? They are going to be livid. Yep. And They're not entitlements. They're empty promises made to you by the government. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. You can't trust a criminal gang to honor its agreements. It's Free Talk Live. Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand. Featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Where's something worth saying. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com is the place to go. We've got various features there, and we give them to you free. Now, if you like the fact that we do that, if you like the fact that that's all free for you, then you can voluntarily support the show by going to promote.freetalklive.com and helping get the word out about Free Talk Live, bringing more internet listeners on board, bringing more radio stations on board. Uh, you can do that via flyers and business cards and calling your local talk stations, and there's details and that stuff over at 
promote.freetalklive.com. And there's a reason to use the uh, the snail mail service uh, because we do still ship out bumper stickers to folks. So we were talking about uh, the Postal Service losing $2.2 billion in the last uh, quarter alone and how it's uh, basically a glorified ad venue. And indeed, today when I went to my mailbox to check my mail, I pretty much check my mail once a week uh, for the most part. I had an advertisement or two and one request for a bumper sticker and that was pretty much oh in a package of some sort so that was pretty much it well you know these uh, the advertisements that you get are actually people who've bought lists as opposed to just kind of somebody who's bulk gotten, mail, uh, bulk yeah, mail right bulk mail, yeah, yeah i don't get the bulk mail at the uh, the mailbox right. which is nice yeah uh, so another reason yet another reason to have a, a private mailbox no bulk mail so uh, 1-800-259-9231, that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's continue here uh, with your calls and talk to Roy, listening in Michigan. Roy, you're on Free Talk Live with the Julia and Mark. All right. Hey, thank you. Uh, I was about? your question about why does the post office have to do the delivery of the gold? Yeah. First, first you have to know, in 1933, they confiscated all the gold, and they... Uh, gave dictatorial uh, powers to the president, and they put us into a state of emergency that we have been in. Uh, they, each president proclaims it uh, by, you know, war on terror, war on uh, drugs. Well, there war. are multiple states of emergency, and none of them have ever ended, or very few. I guess some of them have, but uh, there's well, always some sort of state of emergency. I think you're right about that. That's because of the Supreme Court ruled that, that they could only hold this position as long as we were in a state of emergency. So they have just perpetuated the state of emergency to keep us there. Mm-hmm. And but uh, by taking it through the post office, then uh, what happened to them last time? Some of the people did not turn their gold in. Um, quite a few, and I imagine. This time, this time they will know exactly where you're at. And, so, uh, so the so reason the that they're office. doing it is because the post office wants I see wants to know where you are. I don't they think that know the, where you're at. I don't it's think the, that the post office knows that it's gold or silver that they're that is being shipped. I mean, it's still well, being shipped in a nondescript box uh, yeah, for the they, most part. They never send it to you without taking uh, having it uh, insured. And but when they insure, they insure it, they declare they, what the item is. They declare what it is, hmm. so hmm. they know. But regardless. Uh, the, I know a postmaster uh, back in the area that I'm in, and uh, he has, he told me in his safe, he has the executive orders. I can't remember the number of them, but uh, uh, he has plenty of backup that the time is going to come that he's going to have to institute these. Uh, you can look them up by going to the uh, federal registry. and Institute what? Uh, that they're going to take and to uh, use the post offices to do the separation of the of the people and what do you mean uh, by that separation of the people yes they're going to uh, the executive orders call for 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 the report to the post office and there they will make the determination of uh, where you're going to go to camp now what would what do you believe would uh, precipitate this i mean your claim is that these orders exist so what do you believe that uh, the excuse is going to be for something i mean that's a pretty that's a pretty outrageous claim for most people to hear so can you well, back that up my claim this is just something that they are that is in the executive orders you're, that, you're saying that your friend is a postmaster general from where uh, not a, he's not a general he's just a postmaster and uh i see for the area uh, uh that i'm in right so uh and he is in contact 
with uh, people in the one county uh, over from where I live. So what is the suggestion and, here as far as like why they would be doing this? Is it some kind of terrorism excuse or what? Well, yes. Uh, state, uh, the uh, accelerated state of emergency has all been provided for. And if you start looking at your executive orders, you'll see what I'm talking about. They're, they're not my executive orders. I didn't write no, I mean them. No, uh, executive orders. Right. So th- what is it? I mean, can you, can you kind of paint a picture for me here? I mean, what are we supposed to ex- expect? Like some kind of terrorism strike to occur, and then they're going to open up some kind of camps for people? I mean, who's going to well, go this- to the camps, etc.? Do you know any of that? Or do you, can you uh, speculate? Uh, what what they're doing right now, uh, this is uh, the postmaster also told me this, that he has uh, many law enforcement guys who are coming in to get their mail at the post office there. And he said that, uh, that they have been talking to him and telling him that when the civil unrest happens, that they are being instructed to shoot to kill. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Very, you know, intimidating uh, suggestions there. Whether well, there's, I mean, obviously it's hearsay. You know, I, I heard something recently through email by somebody that I know, and I don't know that guy, but by somebody that I know from around here in New Hampshire who claims that his wife works for Walmart. And the claim is that Walmart has sent around some sort of notice to let their stores know that at some point there's going to be a new currency that will be issued. Like some kind of currency without faces on it or something. I forget all the details about what it supposedly entails. Uh, but the the suggestion was that I was going to be sent this uh, document and that, you know, some sort of evidence that this is actually happening. And I have no reason to disbelieve this person, but still, it is still hearsay, right? So there's no real other evidence besides somebody saying uh, that these, these things are happening. Yeah, it's like getting forwarded something uh, in your email. Yeah, yeah you know, this make, people making claims. And I don't know. It doesn't make much sense to me, the whole idea of putting people in camps, though. Because if you were going, let's say you had a bunch of slaves, and some kind of threat occurs uh, to the plantation. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to use sort of antebellum uh, chattel slavery analogies here. Would you huddle the slaves into the house or would you set them out to the borders of the property and give them sharp sticks in order to fight off whatever mm-hmm. the, uh, the thing is that's bad out there? Yeah, and, and it would if, cost a lot of money sl- if you stopped right. the working, too. Even, right. I mean, the slaves the slaves generate money for you. Why would you want to put them in camps where they generate mo- no money and then they, they you know, have to – can't feed themselves? If, if you want them to work in the factories or whatever, you need factories. Where are these factories that are being built that are going to churn out tanks or ICBM missiles or – or ICBMs because M is for missile, um, or whatever it is that they're they're going to be churning out. I I I think that this is fear mongering. I don't know, but I think that's what it sounds like to me. The well, idea that they're going to put us all in camps. You know, it, it, if you don't give it much thought, I think that people associate you know fascism with Nazis, and Nazis put some people in camps. So people. Well, so translate. did the American government. I do I do know that yes, but you know they. They translate that, well, we're going in a more fascist direction pretty soon. We're going to be in camps. But, I, well, first of all, obviously, we're in very different times. And I feel like that's not really going to fly a- you as easily. You think they get away with it? As- well. And who would they put in the camps? It's hard to say. I mean, they do things every day that are so outrageous and they get away with it all the time. But but camps in, an, in a day and age with... I could see it happening... 
to a minority. Right. To like the Muslims or the immigrants or one of these other groups that the government has targeted as the scapegoat for all of society's problems. Or the domestic terrorists in the form of, uh, you know, militia members or something like that. Right. Yeah. I, I could see I could see them make, you know, painting this scary picture for people and then, you know, having them say, well, boy, good thing the government's around to put those scary people in camps. But the idea that just people are going to be ordered right. to report Everybody's to Everybody's going camp. to camps. Right. You know, because, I mean, it's, uh, Stefan Molyneux does a really great series on sort of the, the world farm, the human mm-hmm. farm, and talking about, you know, the you know, our superiors using us as livestock or cattle. Yeah. You know, livestock doesn't operate as well in more closed environments. Humans do not operate as well in closed environments as they do in open ones. If you believe that you're free, you're going to work much harder and be more productive. What do you want? Do you want 90% of a slave who's unproductive or do you want uh, you know, 50% or 60%, it's hard to say how much of a, with taxes, how much the government truly gets, 60% of the wages of a slave who's ultra productive. Maybe they could put them in charge of the post, they have given post office jobs. Let's talk to uh, Sam listening uh, in Washington. Sam, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Julia and Mark. Sam dropped off the line, although his claim was that the caller was, a moment ago was wrong about the his claims about gold and, and silver and shipping them uh, through the postal service. And I would say that that uh, you know that guy definitely qualified as a conspiracy theorist caller. My best guess is that that's some sort of a federal regulation. He uh, but, but, the uh, silver and gold shipping. That, that sounds right. That's but a I mean, guess. I mean, I at don't the very know. least, he was kind of making it sound like uh, you know you have to put insurance on and you have to claim what's in there. That makes sense to me. And you know, does the government love to check uh, to have more information? It does. It makes sense to me. The government would want to know who is buying gold and silver just because they can. 800-259-9231. Plenty of time for your calls and your thoughts. And coming up, smoking smarties. We'll talk about. It. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal, but something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait. There's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to LibertyStickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. LibertyStickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program, and you, as always, can dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. Main feature of the site allows you to control the content. You can submit different things to it. Others vote on those things. You can vote to in the most voted up. Make it to the front page and the top of the website over at freetalklive.com. 
com. So feel free to head on over there and get interactive as we take your phone calls about what you want. And then Julia is going to tell us about a new fad that is uh, sweeping the nation amongst the, the tweens, I suppose. We'll explain. It's about Smarties and smoking. Yeah, the Smarties, the candy, the little round candies, the... Yeah, those are yeah it doesn't sound like those two goes together. We'll uh, give you the details here. But James is in Florida first. James, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello, James. Hey, in the market. James Cox here, uh, state coordinator for Fiji down here in Florida. How are you guys doing? Hi, Good, James. Sir. Julia's here with us, too. Uh, what's on your mind tonight? I want to talk to you about, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, the end of trial by jury. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware that McCain, uh, McCain and his co-sponsors have introduced a bill um, it's gone to committee right now, but uh, Senator John McCain um, has introduced a bill that would allow the president to imprison and uh, and give him an unlimited number, put an unlimited number of American citizens as well as foreigners indefinitely without trial. This bill is known as the Enemy Belligerent Interrogation, Detention, and Prosecution Act of 2010. I've heard the term and- enemy belligerent. I've heard that term. Yeah, that was a term that they introduced, I think, last year. I forget what the circumstances were. Basically, they call you an enemy belligerent, and it gets it gives them the ability to do anything they want to you. And so it sounds like this is taking that another step further. Yeah, S three zero eight one. But you know, as probably most people know, that uh, you know, I don't think that the Patriot Act just evolved after nine eleven. And I think that Clinton tried to get this through under the disguise of something else and they just dusted it off. As I understand it, there's there's like proof of that, James, that uh that, that, that you know that it was tr- tried to be passed before nine eleven. Um and that so I mean, you know, that, that that that's not just a claim that that's that that's a fact. Oh yeah, that thing was ready right. to rock and roll. They had that thing. Well ready. it came out yeah. like the day after yeah. or the two days after or something. Yeah. So, you know, everybody needs to be aware about this because just because, you know, this um, thing that we call government, um, you know, passes this. Uh, I think everybody needs to be aware of this uh, S three zero eight one and have their eye on the ball, uh, just in case this thing, you know, raises its ugly head. The other thing I want to talk about is the sham trial. Well, of before John you, Kurt. before you go on with that, I, I I would like to point out that you know that's. There's really, no, um, you know, the, the president has already has the ability to just sign an executive order assassinating uh, U.S. citizens. I mean, they they just right. tried to assassinate some guy Anwar internationally. Al- now, the out- internationally, from what yeah, I understand. outside of the United States, yeah, yeah um, at, at Anwar Alawiki or something like that. But you know, if, if you can kill you, what difference does it make if they throw you in prison, right? Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's it just goes- <laughs> the the boat's sinking. <laughs> I'm just trying to let people, yes. you know, know that, you know, uh, if you speak out against your government, if this comes around, that basically, um, you know, you could be thrown in a cage indefinitely without a trial by jury. And that, So, uh, James, clearly you're going to shut up and uh, be a good little no, citizen. I'm not. No, he's not. No, I am not. I'm not a citizen either. Ah, okay. Why? Because I'm not a slave. Ah, very good, sir. I like that. I'm not a slave at all. You so know? I and, actually uh, pulled up this uh, this official summary here, and I know you want to talk about John Kurtz, and so do I, because there's an update in his case. Uh, but it, let me just share this official summary from OpenCongress.org of this bill that you mentioned, S3081, the Enemy Belligerent Interrogation, Detention, and Prosecution Act. Uh, requires an individual who's suspected of engaging in hostilities against the United States or its coalition partners through an act of terrorism 
and who may be an unprivileged enemy belligerent to be placed in military custody for purposes of initial interrogation and determination of status allows the detention and interrogation of such individuals for a what they call a reasonable time. I guess they consider what's happening in Guantanamo to be reasonable, right? Everything they do is considered reasonable. So if they're going to hold you for 10 years, then that's you know, it's reasonable. reasonable. Uh, after capture or coming into custody, they define an unprivileged enemy belligerent, as opposed to a privileged one, uh, as an individual who, one, has engaged in hostilities against the United States or its coalition partners, two, has purposely and materially supported hostilities against the United States or its coalition partners, or three, was part of al-Qaeda at the time of capture. What is a hostility? Yeah, what does it mean to uh, purposely support a hostility against the United States? Because I'm not real fond of the folks uh, in Washington, D.C. at this point. Um, You know, I mean, am am I therefore hostile towards them? I certainly speak out against the things they do. Am I an enemy belligerent? Good question. I think some people Uh, would say so. Some people would certainly say so. James, thanks for bringing that to our attention. Now, John Kurtz uh, was supposed to go to trial yesterday for uh, various different felony charges of recording the police, which is something that you can uh, relate to because you were also arrested uh, for recording the police down in Florida. Uh, John Kurtz uh, to, was supposed to go to trial yesterday, but it didn't end up happening, did it? No. Uh, what actually happened was uh, there was a good amount of people that came out. We had signs, and uh, we were outside, and then we went into the courthouse, and uh, John was told, you're not in this courtroom, you're in this courtroom, so we go down to the next courtroom. Anyway, his attorney showed up late, and uh, basically, uh, my understanding of what I heard in the courtroom was that um, when his defense attorney asked for the police officers uh, to do a deposition, uh, you know, the police officers nor the state actually showed up to do that deposition. And to me, this is just torture in a way because they're prolonging this. Um, you know, they're hurting him financially. Mm-hmm. They're playing the game. Um, basically, if I, you know, his attorney should have said, you know, we need to throw this out. This is wasting taxpayers' money. It's wasting, you know, my client's money. He's having to take time off work to come and do this. And Not to um, mention the, the uh, dozens of supporters who showed up as well. Most of those people likely had jobs, and they have things that they could be doing. Instead, right, the state they t- hates supporters coming. Right, they took time off. I have a feeling that that was a big factor here. They saw that this guy had support, and they want to basically dick them around uh, and make right. it so that they have to keep wasting time and wasting more time and keep coming back to court and basically burn them out on the idea of coming back to court. So it'll, they, they're probably hoping it will reduce his support over time. Right, exactly. I mean, we traveled 100 miles because I love John like a brother. Mm. Um, you know, he's known as a pacifist. He wouldn't harm anybody, you know. Uh, obviously, um, if anybody was aggressing against him, he would aggress back. But in this case, he didn't because obviously it's it's futile. Resistance is futile against the police. They right, isn't one the of the charges that he did assault a police officer? Isn't that one of the charges? Yeah, John John didn't assault those police officers. Yeah, and this nonsense. camera that he had that would prove his innocence. The one that they stole. Yeah, the, well, they denied that it existed, but yeah. now they're saying that there was a camera, but, uh, you know, they don't know where it is. Yeah. So this trial it's one of those been... situations where, uh, you know, John struck the police officer's knee with the middle of his back <laughs> while yeah, prone yeah, on the ground. <laughs> now, James, I mean, it, 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 did I hear correctly that his trial has been delayed all the way out to June 20th? Uh yeah, somewhere around about there, yeah. So right the first yeah, they, day of Porkfest, they're now uh, rescheduling his trial. Yeah. How convenient. It's, ab- 
This is absolutely disgusting what the state is doing to this guy. Uh, he hasn't harmed anybody. They have managed to get some video footage off a street camera. Um, but the camera itself that John had in his possession recording these guys would show excessive force what mm -hmm. they were using on the female. Uh, apparently she was being tasered and pepper sprayed and beaten. Right, that's and, why he uh, stopped to uh, to video in the first place because they were hurting somebody. And the, the camera mysteriously disappeared after his arrest, didn't it? Absolutely. And Strangely this, this absent. Guy, this guy that arrested him, he's, this is not the first time he's done this to somebody. He actually did this to a Channel 9 news reporter. Yep, and, and got away and, with it. And got away with it. Now, yeah, question I mean, for you, James. You were Since you were there at the Orange County Courthouse Complex, there's news that came out uh, today from Julian Heiklin over at TyrannyFighters.com that apparently the man in the robe over there has now, the same man the who's banned any outreach right. to juries, has now created free speech zones on the uh, the courthouse complex. Did you and your friends stay in the uh, free speech zones like good little good little people? No. First of all, I want to say it's a dressy wear. It's not a robe. Uh, good point. Hey, tell you what, James, can you stick with us and tell us a little more? Sure. All right, more with James Cox here, uh, one of the fully informed jury activists from down in Florida. Uh, we'll continue with his uh, thoughts here and yours as well at 800-259-9231. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com slash LC9. is Free Talk Live, and you can dial in toll-free, bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We'll give you the features on the site there completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, once again, freetalklive.com, the Shrine of Female Listeners, is one of those features. You can go and see dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they are listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. Uh, once again, that's shrine.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by Silver and Gold. <laughs> right. So we've teamed up with Midas Resources in order to bring you gold and silver at rates that we believe to be some of the best on the Internet. Go to gold.freetalklive.com. I've picked some coins there that are easy to compare to other coins that other purveyors have. I think you'll find that these are some of the best rates. But don't believe me. Check yourself. Or if you're just lazy, go to gold.freetalklive.com and buy. It's gold.freetalklive.com. All right. So we're going to continue here. James Cox is with us, one of the uh, fully informed jury activists down in Florida who he himself has been arrested by the police for uh, filming the cops. James, before we get back into what uh, shenanigans are going on in Orange County, uh, what happened with your case? I don't recall. It's, it's, it, it mixes all together with me. You were on the street in Ybor City, right, and uh, recorded the cops. They arrested you for it. What ended up happening there? Well, I'm um, going back to court on June 2nd. Uh, I've got an attorney, and we're going to fight this, and... Uh, Hopefully I'm going to get the charges dropped or we're going to go to jury trial. And what charges did um, they hit you with in that incident? Uh, well, they trespass warrant me, but that they didn't arrest me for that. Um, they arrested me for, um, oh, what was the arrest again? Um, it all blends together for me too, man. I've got like five misdemeanors they charged me with. Obstructing. 
Yeah, obstructing a police officer An and official business resist or resisting arrest mm. peacefully. Right. Without so the, su the suggestion. So here you didn't is get a disorderly conduct. Well, it's all obstruction. No, disorderly conduct. No. Right. Because what's you, sometimes you can get both uh, disorderly and obstruction. Those are two of their favorite catch-all yeah. charges. Whenever they don't like you, uh, they will just charge you with those things. So yours is still in the process. You're going to court yeah, my, in June. My arrest was because basically this imaginary authority authority that police officers think that they have. You know, he, because I wouldn't comply with him and give him my driver's license, give him some mm -hmm. ID, and and that's what it's all about. Basically, the the security guard who told me get off my land, and I'm like your land. You know, I mean, you don't even look like you own the clothes that you look that you're standing in, <laughs> let let alone own this property that I'm. It, it, it's it's quasi property because there were people walking past me. So this is like a part of Ybor City where you can cross. Through these buildings, um, through this, like, you know, crosswalk, and I was just stood on the top of the steps because I didn't want to be close to the police while they were doing this. Mm -hmm. And this security guard comes over. I don't know if you've seen the video. It's on I YouTube. Have. But he comes over and asks me to stop filming. The cop backs me up and says, no, he's quite within his rights to, to, to film. And then he comes up and says, you know, get the light out of my eyes. And I said, turn away. And then, obviously, then it comes back because, he, you know, I'm not doing what he tells me to do and tells me, get off my, get off my property. And I'm, you know, I'm like, you know, I don't know you. You're a stranger. Why should I believe you? You know what I mean? So anyway, I guess while they put this guy in cuffs, this young guy, um, for allegedly going to uh, jump out of a moving vehicle, they take the cuffs off him. And I'm just helping the police by telling the guy, because they're telling him to go home. I'm saying, go home. Go home, son. And I guess the cop got a little bit peed off about that. And also the fact that the security guard had, had, had gone and told him, I told him to get up the property, and he, and he hasn't. So, you know, he comes over and, and asks me for my ID. And I, you know, tell him that, no, I'm not giving you my ID. I'm not ID, driving this uh, sidewalk. What right. in the world would I need to show you a driver's license <laughs> exactly. for? Exactly. All right, so you're going so, to court. That's still in the process. Uh, you're planning yeah. on going to a jury trial if they don't drop the charges. Now, John Kurtz was supposed to have a jury trial yesterday. They ended up, yep. the cops didn't show up. So instead of, by the way, if you don't show up to your jury trial, they will issue oh, a yeah. warrant for your arrest, call, call it failure to appear, and you're going into a cage. Cops don't show up, and it's, oh, we'll just reschedule. No problem. No big deal. Uh, so much for the right to a speedy trial, but you and other right. activists showed up to support John on this courthouse property where a man wearing a dress, as you put it, has issued an order uh, saying that you can't do any outreach to jurors. And we've talked about that extensively on this program and how outrageous it is, but now he's taken it another step because Ju Julian Heichlin and other activists had shown up and continued to do outreach to jurors on the property, and they were not arrested for it, so they called his bluff. So now he issues another order about a week and a half before this trial, essentially banning free speech and setting up free speech zones. Are you familiar with this? Yeah, I've, I, I saw the, uh, you know, the cordoned off area. I believe that that's basically uh, just for the press and the people in the uh, Casey Anthony trial that are protesting against the mother. But, you know, I, I guess everybody's judged her before she's gone to trial that she, you know, that she uh, has, you know, murdered her her daughter. Um, I've not looked too much into that case, so I don't know, you know, anything about it. But I, I just don't think that you're going to get a um, impartial jury seated here. 
in the state of Florida because of the press attention that this has had. And I know they even called a woman that actually participated in the search and was on TV talking about this. I'm not too familiar with it. The, the press hasn't made it up this way. Mark, uh, Julia, have either of you heard about this? No, uh, I don't know. It's this, probably this case. But what's interesting is this order here. I actually have the text of it. Julian Heichland from TyrannyFighters.com sent it out here today. It is prohibited until, apparently until July 15th, prohibited for any person or group to engage in any type of First Amendment activities within the main Orange County Courthouse complex grounds, which is a huge, like, two Blocks, you know, city blocks worth of property, essentially. And unless First Amendment activities occur within a designated exempt zone, and then he proceeds to define where those exempt zones are. Where are they, James? You actually saw them. Well, this is very close to the street. It's about, I don't know, maybe 100 yards from the doors of the courthouse. Um, you know, it's, it's way back. Um, Jurors don't even come that way. They come from the parking garage, which is to the left of the this huge, monstrous building. It looks like a uh, a New York skyscraper. I don't know if you've ever seen it. You can Google Orange County Courthouse and see this monstrous building. It's it's huge. I, I truly don't believe there's that much real crime going on. Oh, it's all money. Yeah, it's all re- yeah, it's all it's, revenue it's, generation. It's just a huge cash machine. That's what it is. So, I mean, it's just incredible. I'm glad you guys didn't uh, go into their cordoned-off areas, and I understand that uh, Julian Heiklin is going to – he's now released a press release about this, saying that he intends to go to this particular courthouse again and specifically uh, violate this this five-page order uh, that this this man wrote, this man wearing a dress, as you put it – I think it's funny that they actually call it First Amendment activities. Like yeah. normally, they try to give it a nicer name so you don't associate it with the. Constant- well, they try to beat around the bush, right? They try to pretend like it's not an infraction on free speech and all of that. So yeah. I think it's really funny that they don't even care. Yeah, it's just right like, in your face, right? You just yeah. can't do yeah. this. We don't yeah. care. No First Amendment for the next three weeks. Sorry. Thanks, James, for the call and the info. Give us uh, updates as uh, things continue. I really appreciate hearing from you tonight, James Cox from the. Uh, uh, jury movement, uh, jury nullification, informing people. Nothing's going to happen in Orlando now that uh, you know the First Amendment has been suspended around the courthouse for the next three weeks. No one's going to say, "Are you kidding me? That's outrageous!" No one's going to do it. I mean, Julian Heichlin and few, the activists, a few there, activists, John a handful of activists, but not not your average Orlandoans, no doubt. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. They'd be too afraid of whatever might they're, they're, whatever's being threatened here, the possible arrest. It's free talk live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine. Give your kids the nutrition they need to be their best. Visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. Telling your child about healthy food choices is important, but showing her what to eat goes a lot further. Have her help create the grocery list, then bring her to the store with you. Picking out healthy foods together helps kids get in the habit of thinking about what they're eating every day. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash Your Family Today. is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site there completely free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. As uh, we will continue, we'll take your phone calls about anything. Also, mentioned Julian Heichlin a moment ago, and I didn't really explain who he was. We've been talking about the Orange County uh, situation in Florida where the uh, man calling himself a judge has uh, banned 
any kind of free speech activities. Actually, in this five-page long order, uh, he actually specifically references the First Amendment, saying that it is prohibited for any person or group to engage in any type of First Amendment activities within their co- complex grounds. And then they designate these exempt zones uh, where they'll put yellow tape on the ground, and you're allowed to be in those areas and do your First Amendment things. You know, the whole First Amendment freedom of speech, you know, the government shall respect the freedom of speech. Citizen, you may complain here. The right to assemble, etc. Julian Heiklin is the man when it comes to uh, court action of a, of a sort of a civil disobedience variety. Originally, Julian Heiklin's intention was to go around to courthouses and to do outreach to potential jurors and other people that might just be passersby and let them know about their right to engage in jury nullification, this thousand-year-old right or whatever of, uh, of juries to actually nullify bad laws by setting people free, by going uh, saying not guilty in a case in which they disagree with the law. So, Julia, if you were uh, being tried for a possession of some sort of narcotic substance, and I were on the jury, I would be able to say not guilty because not because you know they didn't prove their case, but because I think the law is stupid. That's what jury nullification is all about: for a jury to have that level of uh, kind of veto power almost over bad laws. And that was why Jul- Julian Heichlin was doing this. But in the process of doing this at courthouses, he started getting arrested. And uh, that didn't stop him. In fact, when the government aggressed against him, it just encouraged him to do this more. He realized that this was a really important form of activism that he was engaging in. Obviously, they're trying to stop it. If they're trying to stop it with violence, it must be an effective form of activism. At so, least they're worried about it. Yeah, Nothing so, else. So he continues uh, to do this. Then he goes to Orange County, where this man in this uh, you know this dress has pro- prohibited any kind of outreach to jurors. He goes, he violates that. They don't arrest him. He comes back, he violates it again because their original claim was that they didn't arrest him. Well, because there was no jury uh, that day. So he comes back on Monday when he knows there's going to be a jury there and hands the information directly to somebody with a juror tag on. They did not arrest him in that case either. He has then since come back weeks later and violated it again, this time the man in the robe passes by while they're doing the outreach. He tries to give him a pamphlet. Right, he attempts to give that guy a pamphlet, and the guy just laughs like it's a big joke. A few weeks later, he passes this next order that says that nobody can engage in any manner of First Amendment activities on the courthouse grounds. And so Julian Heichlin has announced uh, via his email list, which you can get on over at tyrannyfighters.com, that he intends uh, I'll to... be back. Yep. Uh, you know, this guy's going around the country. I mean, this is he's 79 years old, by the way. I didn't mention that. This guy could be your grandfather. He's going around the country. This is what he's doing with his retirement. He is doing civil disobedience and jury nullification outreach. And I just wish this I wish we had another 20 uh, people with a level of courage like Julian Heichlin because he's incredibly inspirational. Well, I was going to say that he is old enough to have seen a lot of major changes. You know, and I would say it's sad, but with the younger generation, we've kind of all grown up with a lot of government and laws. And Yeah, they don't have the you know perspective. I mean? Exactly. So somebody that age has seen all of these changes, they're, they're, it makes sense that they're more passionate about something like that. In a couple of weeks, he's going to be back in Florida. He, he sent, actually sent a letter uh, to the man in the robe. He sends a letter <laughs> to him, basically calling him out on this administrative order that he set at. And he said he's coming back. At the very end, he says he'll be back. I'll be returning to your courthouse in June of 2011 to defy your order. 
Uh, the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution made all of the United States a free speech zone. So, he's, yeah. And you don't get to just call it off. Yeah. So Sorry. he's going back, and presuming he's not arrested, Julian Heichlin will be attending the Porcupine Freedom Festival again this year. He was there last year, uh, and the, before the Pork Fest last year, he actually went up to the Concord Federal Courthouse, where he's been doing a lot of outreach at federal courthouses and was doing his trademark jury outreach there. And he had like 30 or 40 activists come out to support him. The cops didn't even say word one to him because he had all that backup. The, uh, the activists were out there with him in that case. Usually when he gets arrested, he's usually the only guy there or there's like maybe one or yeah. two other people that That's are there to back him what up. happens yeah so he knows that there's a tremendous level of support for this kind of activism up here in new hampshire and he's coming back to pork fest and sure, you but why be- do it here if, if you have that tremendous level of activism the cops don't respond to it so that he wants to go where the action is right so but, he, but he's coming to pork fest because he Indeed. likes being around these uh, these folks here and uh, you can be at pork fest as well june 20th through the 26th uh free talk live will be broadcasting live from the event and it is the biggest liberty oriented event of 2011 whether you want to bring the family up or you're a couple or you're a single person there's all kinds of stuff to do everything from family activities to adult parties uh, i know that buzz's uh, bigger gay dance party is happening this year there's going to be karaoke contests there's going to be or a contest there's going to be uh, let's see soapbox idol where people get to get up and get on a microphone for three minutes and just rant and a winner is picked uh, at the end zombies versus humans some kind of game that will be going on throughout the uh, the daytime various different outdoorsy style activities tours around new hampshire but more importantly than all of that fun stuff is meeting the liberty-minded people that are here in new hampshire those that have already made the move as as we have here in this uh, in the studio tonight uh hundreds have already made the move to new hampshire a lot of them are going to be there a lot of people who are considering moving to new hampshire but they're not sure they want to kind of check it out make sure that you know the water's nice make sure everything's okay that these people are real and they're not crazy uh you can come up and meet some of these folks uh, hundreds of them will be there and it'll be at rogers campground in the beautiful white mountains of new hampshire so in addition the s- scenery and the surroundings are just outstanding as well and so we'll look forward to seeing you there go to porkfest.com to get registered p-o-r-c-f-e-s-t.com and john kurtz is supposed to be there as well we were talking about he's on trial for uh, down in florida or supposed to be on trial for recording the police if he's not in a jail cell i hope after, he can make it right after the trial or if they don't stretch the trial out for the entire week uh john kurtz and uh, and the orlando crew are expected to uh, to come up to pork fest they were there last year they had an absolute blast and i think it was uh, the porcupine freedom festival that actually kind of spurred them into taking all the action that they've taken over the last year because all of a sudden after pork fest last year orlando just exploded as this like civil disobedience activism stronghold so it's a great place to go. We'll uh, look forward to seeing you there. You can use our discount code, which is Free Talk Live, all run together as one word, uh, to save 20% over at porkfest.com. Now then, changing gears a little bit here into more of a cultural aspect uh, of discussion. Julia, you mentioned to me online uh, like a couple weeks ago that I should look into smoking smarties. What right. is going on with today's <laughs> tweens? Well, I have an article here, but I don't even know if if it's necessary to read it, because basically all you need to know, I happened to see this link somewhere and I just was I thought it was a joke at first. But if you go to YouTube, you can see this happening. And and what it is, is kids are smoking Smarties just for fun or so it's called. Right. They're not actually smoking them. They're just I guess they just inhale the dust somehow and then they blow it out so it looks like they're smoking Mm -hmm. they're mimicking smoking yes 
Right, because smoking's cool. This is, uh, they used to have two types of candy cigarettes when I was a kid. There was the one type, which was this kind of chalky stuff, and it had a hole all the way through, a very, like a pinhole all the way through, and you could blow on it one time, Mm -hmm. and it would blow out this sugar dust, I guess, I guess, and that was, it was meant to imitate cigarettes, and I, I don't think they ever outlawed them, I think they just fell away in popularity. They did outlaw some candy cigarettes in some places. I believe they have, yeah. In some places. I think actually you can get them here in Keene in a little candy shop downtown. Mm-hmm. I think I them. saw them, yep. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a few things that I thought were was funny about this. First of all, they've banned Smarties in, in middle schools. And I mean... First of all, banning it is is definitely going to make it more popular. So now you've drawn attention to it. And appara- this is now a national, because of YouTube and how big this has blown up, this is a national crisis in middle schools. We'll, we'll talk more about it coming up here in moments uh, at 800-259-9231. And maybe you've got kids or maybe you are of this age and you've seen this uh, this behavior. You're welcome to comment at 800-259-9231. You can also, what are some of the dumb things you did as a kid as well? Uh, more coming up here. I can think of something. one 800 259 MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything you'd like. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. As, of course, we will take your phone calls about absolutely anything. Talking about uh, smoking Smarties. We'll get back into that discussion here in a moment, but want to make sure we invite you to freetalklive.com. If you enjoy all the features that we give to you there, and like those other talk show hosts, I want to charge you for their websites ours is free so enjoy the features if you like that you can shop with us go to shop.freetalklive.com and you'll find some links to amazon there different amazons for different countries you click into the appropriate amazon for you and then anything that you buy at that point free talk live will get a portion of the purchase price so whatever it is you're looking for amazon probably sells it and you're probably going to get the best deal there because they don't have all the costs of most retailers so go and get your stuff over at shop.freetalklive.com, and it'll benefit Free Talk Live at the same time. Uh, so, Julia, how did you come across the smoking Smarties thing? I mean, kids, I think it seems to be mostly tweens when I searched for it on YouTube. Yeah, it's like the, 12-year-olds. Right, 12-year-olds seem to be who are making who are the videos. Who are very bored. Yeah. Which is why they should get jobs instead, but that's another issue. But they issue. can't because of the federal yes. government and state governments. <laughs> so, when I first saw this, I just thought it was it was stupid. I actually originally thought that they were really smoking the Smarties, like rolling, because they describe it like they, some articles will say they roll it up. Meaning like they're actually paper. crushing. Right. What, what that means is they're just crushing right. the uh, the Smarties. So originally I'm picturing these kids rolling up like a Smartie joint and lighting it. Mm-hmm. In, which, in which case, you have to see that, right? You know right. I mean? <laughs> so come to find out they're not even smoking it, which is why I think it's funny that like parents and teachers and doctors are freaking out about this. I, I mean, 
is smoking Smarties. All they're doing is pushing the candy into their lungs and blowing it out and pretending like it looks it looks like they're smoking. Well, what they're doing, well, maybe some of them are bringing it into their lungs, but that's where the problems can really come in. uh, Is if they actually inhale, like, can you imagine inhaling sugar dust into your lungs? Okay, it can't be good for you. It can't be good for you. But I can say honestly, if you inhale something into your lungs like sugar dust, the first thing you're going to do is cough probably Mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. Would you repeat that experience? I would hope not. not, But uh, they're giving instructions. When I when I looked for smoking Smarties online, the first videos that come up are 12 year old boys instructing you as to how to uh, do this Smarties. And they do make the point because maybe they have made the mistake of inhaling it into their lungs. I feel like that's a mistake you'd make once yeah they do make the point of look kids you know you don't want to do inhale this all the way just inhale it into your mouth so the idea is they crush up the smarties they inhale some dust into their mouths and then they expel it out into the air right as though it was smoke from a cigarette of, of so sort. really not much different than the old candy cigarettes where not you used to blow the little puff of uh except you never ha- you never had to inhale with the candy cigarette with you a just candy blew cigarette it. Right, you could just put it in your mouth and blow through it, and then it, you know, the little puffs comes and out. And so parents and teachers and doctors right. are getting upset? They're very upset about this. I, that's funny because I think they know that really this probably isn't a big deal, but they don't like it. They know they don't like it. You it know? has the appearance of smoking. It has the appearance of yeah. smoking, and that's, that's bad. It's so, bad. <laughs> so some of the things that, that they're saying that can happen to the kids, like uh, they've sent home letters on a lot of the schools telling their Parents warning them about this fad. Scare stories, yeah. Right. And it says. They used that- to do this with uh, stickers uh, when I was a kid. You used warning- to have scare stories for stickers? Yes. Warning. Uh, but these were like, I, I, I don't know. Basically, they were saying that stickers could be LSD. That some. Oh, the, that. The people wow. are giving LSD to your kids. I got to say. Like, why would you ever give LSD to a kid? Like, uh, to hook them, I guess, is what the right. people Right, bl- but LSD believe. isn't addictive. Right. So. If, you, if you give LSD to somebody and you don't tell them that you're going gonna to do it, they're going to freak out. It's the last, the last time they're going to do it to LSD. <laughs> well, I can assure you. And I, I mean, I'm not a chemist or anything like that, but LSD is typically delivered in a few different ways. One of the more popular ones is bl- what they call blotter uh, acid, right. blotter paper. Yeah. How much LSD would you have to put on well, a sticker you know in order else? for it to absorb through your skin? It's it's, and, you know, I would think also that a sticker, the way the paper is, it wouldn't really absorb. Like acid is or LSD is, it's in paper that absorbs the LSD. These like, were intended to be licking stickers. Right. Oh. Okay. Oh, I see what you mean. So that's the idea. Ah. You gotta remember, I'm a little older than you are, and stickers were more, more common, uh, you know, that you would lick them at that time. So they didn't time. have self-adhesive. They didn't, uh, well, they did, of course. more but expensive. It, well, you know, it would have been cheaper to make stickers like stamps gotcha. than stickers like peel-off stickers. I see. Well, anyway, uh, well, that was an old sorry. That was an old no, scare story too. I remember that one from when I was in like right. middle school, where the scare story came out that uh, there's Bart Simpson LSD out there, and it's the, they put Bart Simpson on it to bring the kids in. Right, LSD costs money. I'm not going to be giving it out to kids. Right, right. <laughs> they do don't. That? They have you know their allowance is going to purchase some LSD hits. I don't think so. Right, if That's a child a re- wants to get LSD, it won't matter if Bart Simpson is on there. So That's what are some really- of these scare stories? Okay, so the doctors and ha- have started placing warnings, according to these articles, that um, they can lead, smoking Smarties can lead to infections, chronic coughing, choking, and the best one is maggots in the nose. <laughs> maggots in the nose. Maggots feeding off sugary dust in your nose. How'd I wonder how many the cases they've had of that. I, I can't even imagine. Like, it, to Who me, that one up? I feel like they're just trying to really, I mean, like, what can we say about these smoking Smarties that will make, that will scare kids? Because, really, 
I wonder how many cases doctors see of maggots in the nose. <laughs> Son, you haven't been smoking Smarties, have you? Well, <laughs> I'm stunned. You know, so there. quick story from uh, Little Mark Edge's world. When I was a kid, uh, some friends, uh, a friend of mine and I, we'd, we'd go down and we'd buy the bubblegum cigarettes, right? And then we'd go to his house. His mom worked. And we'd uh, we'd take the bubblegum cigarettes and we'd put them on the stove. That actually had of, the wrap, a paper wrapping on the It had a paper outside. wrapping. You could chew it. Those were the ones that looked the most like cigarettes. You were talking about the two different types yep. of cigarettes earlier. Those are the ones I believe have been banned because the ones you mentioned, Julia, the ones that are at that candy store are the older style where it's not the bubble gum. It's just the hard white stick. Yeah. It doesn't have the filter look to it. It doesn't have an actual cigarette look to it. Um, those, These didn't have a filter look to it. They just had uh, just white paper. Just right? white paper. Hmm. And we would actually break them in half so that we would have twice as many candy cigarettes or gum cigarettes. And then we yeah. would burn them on the stove and <laughs> kind of. You know, pretend like we were, I guess we were smoking or something with them. And my mom, you know, I told her about it, just kind of confessing to her. And she's like, I guess if you want to chew charred bubble gum, you can. <laughs> and when she did that, I never did it again. Because huh. what she did was. She gave she, it, the, you had permission. It yeah, wasn't she forbidden. distilled the, uh, the activity down to its ludicrous behavior mm-hmm. and said, you know, yeah, if you want to do that, that's fine. <laughs> you know what? What I think is funny about this is is parents everywhere and teachers, the people who are upset about this, what they don't like about it is that it's mimicking the smoking. Right. Well, it reminds me of when I was a kid on Thanksgiving, while all the adults got to drink wine and beer, I got to drink sparkling cider out of a wine glass so I could pretend like I was drinking wine Mm -hmm. like the adults. Mm. And we did that every year. And it was really exciting. It was a big deal. Is that any different? I think that is a common tradition for a lot of American children at, at holiday times. The same thing was true with Shirley Temples. When we'd go to a yep. special restaurant, um, sometimes I could have a Shirley Temple, which was Sprite with uh, some uh, maraschino cherry juice poured into it. Grenadine <laughs> or something? Maybe like it was that? a Roy Rogers. Who knows? I don't care. Um, yeah, the, the that, that stuff. And I, I would get one of those on special occasions. And it was like having a mixed drink. Now, my parents didn't really drink mixed drinks very mm-hmm. often, but, you know, other people did. And it was special. Right. So I I just I mean, if kids mimic behavior and I don't really see any, I guess getting candy dust in your lungs probably maybe can really cause infections. I'm not a doctor and I don't know. It doesn't seem like a good idea. But it doesn't seem like that's going to be repeated. Like we said earlier, when you do that, you're going to cough. It doesn't feel good. I'm sure that that's going to stop. So I, I just I can't really see a problem with this, except that it's pointless. And- well, the problem, I think, comes from that it, it is more, you know, the idea of having dust in your lungs is more dangerous than just blowing through a candy cigarette. This seems to be a consequence of prohibition, really. Because, prohibition of candy cigarettes? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, kids can't get their hands on candy cigarettes anymore. So now they are essentially jury rigging a candy cigarette by crushing up Smarties and, uh, and blowing them out through their mouth. I mean, that's what they're doing. It, yep. it's, and, and it disturbs, who would have come up with this if, if they could have just gone to the candy store and bought the damn candy cigarettes? It disturbs cigarettes. the same adults that the candy cigarettes disturbed in the first place. Right. And these are the same control freaks that started the war on drugs. I mean, this is essentially the same thing. And look, folks, this is what happened. Here's my one experience was, uh, you know, and I'm a kid who tried everything when I got older. But when it came to candy cigarettes, I stopped when my mother said, sure, you can burn bubble gum if you want. That's like snorting pixie sticks. 
There was like, talk why about would you do that. that? Well, just I because have no kids, kids that have done that because I did some dumb stuff like that when yep. I was a kid. Well, I you snorted did, some. Why uh, would you do it twice? I guess is the, the right. Real yeah, question. I only did it once. I snorted some crushed up crackers, and uh, that wasn't very cool. Yeah, it's not. You do it <laughs> once, and then you realize it's painful, and yeah. it doesn't do anything, and and that's that. I think I probably was about thirteen at that time. This is unpleasant. Yeah, one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. If, whether you want to talk about smor- a store snorting smarties or not you're certainly welcome to or bring up absolutely anything 800-259-9231 hey speaking of uh, teenagers we'll tell you about one young lady who turned in two thousand dollars that she found and we'll tell you what happened to the money uh it's free talk live now are you ready to explore new hampshire meet more than a thousand freedom-loving friends and experience the free market in action you can do all of these things and more at the Free State Project's 2011 Porcupine Freedom Festival at Rogers Campground in beautiful Lancaster, New Hampshire. Porkfest has games, hikes, live music, dance parties, fun activities for kids, and even state-free weddings. And of course, Porkfest features the famous Agora Valley, where the free market thrives. You won't want to miss speakers like Stefan Molyneux and J. Neil Shulman, but the best part of Porkfest is being surrounded by more than a thousand like-minded, freedom-loving friends. The fun begins on June 20th, 2011, and doesn't stop until the 26th. Porkfest 2011 is the biggest liberty-oriented event in the world. This year, you can be a part of it. Don't miss out. Visit Porkfest.com today. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Use coupon code FREETALKLIVE, all one word, for 20% off. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. Dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. We'll go right into your phone calls here and then tell you about a teenager who found $2,000 and what happened to that money uh, here in a little bit. But first, Sal is on the line in Kentucky. Sal, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Sal, dropped off the line, perhaps? Sounded, it sounded like a click. Sounded like a hang-up. Bad timing, Sal. All right, more coming up here. Uh, 800-259-9231 with your phone calls about whatever you want. So here's the news out of WFAA in Dallas, television station there. Uh, Dallas, the city of Dallas, will keep... $2,000 found by a teenager in a parking lot last February. And the money's going to go into the city's general fund, not back to Plano High School student Ashley Donaldson, who found the cash in an envelope at the Pavilion Shopping Center in North Dallas. She said, and some of the quotes in this are just so sad. She said, I don't regret making the decision I did. I feel proud of myself for giving the money back. Well, wait a minute. The government didn't lose that money. That wasn't and they the, have already taken plenty. Yeah. You didn't give that money back to anybody, well, young lady. The she go- has something to be proud of, which is that she tried to do the right yeah. thing. She thought she was doing the right thing. Right. Giving money to the government is not necessarily the right thing. I could, she figured they were going to find whose it was or whatever. I mean, right. that makes sense, but... Yeah. You know what, though? <laughs> I mean, you have to you have to wonder, and I'm, I'm not uh, accusing anyone of anything here, but... If somebody brought you in two thousand dollars and you were, um, you know, you were maybe hurting for cash, 
And so, and if you lost $2,000, you know, maybe you get the idea to call the police station. If I call you up and I say, hey, I lost $2,000. Did anyone turn in $2,000? It's up to the person who takes that call to be honest or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, I, I don't know how that works. You usually don't, you would just call, right? And say, hey, did you find $2,000? No, we didn't. Sorry. Right. See you that, later. Yeah, Bye-bye. Right. You usually have to guess the amount in order to be given it. If So if you guess the wrong amount, then clearly it wasn't yours. Uh, but there's more to the story here. She says it was uh, one of the biggest decisions of my life. The 15-year-old Shepton High School student spotted the money on the ground and took it to a nearby Chase Bank. Over the last three months, the bank and Dallas police have tried to find the owner but have had no luck. On Tuesday, police said under a new city policy, the unclaimed money will go into Dallas's general fund and not back to the person who found it as in years past. So back in the good old days, they actually would have given it back to you over the over time. They would attempt to, uh, you know, if somebody calls and says, I lost 2000, they would give that money back to the person who claimed they lost it. And if that, that person does not call and say they lost any money, right. then X period of time goes by right, and then it goes months. to the person who turned it in. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which makes sense, in which case it would make sense to you know give the money to the uh, the police agency in that case if they actually were going to do something like that but apparently there's a new policy and you know hey when did they i wonder when they implemented this policy right after they got the two thousand dollars i don't know about that probably after that's certainly a possibility but uh Times are a little more tough now for city governments around the country, and they're oh, trying to boo-hoo. scrounge as much money up as they possibly can. So a little teenage girl coming in, giving them cash, uh, it's like a windfall for them. So we appreciate your honesty, said Captain Police Spokesperson uh, Kevin, whoever. We are going to put the money to good use. <laughs> the government, the most inefficient organization yeah. ever. No, 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 Mark, it says here it's not going to be wasted. Yeah. But put to good use for the city of Dallas. Yay. <laughs> Did she get a little certificate to put on her fridge? I think she just got a thank you yeah. from, oh, uh, from the police nice. officer. I, she should ask that guy when he retires. You know, the, the the cops get, what, 20 years in and then they retire with a big old fat pension. Yeah, like 90% essentially of essentially going to, uh, you know, cop pensions. That's not the answer that Ashley had been hoping for. She said, I was thinking about a car, she confessed. Yeah, but she was. It's also not the lesson her parents wanted her to learn. Her father, Ben Donaldson, said, I'm, I'm happy that she did what she did, but the way it ended, I wish she didn't find it in the first place because it certainly didn't teach her the right thing. It taught her that if she finds money, she should keep it. Yep. yep. Shut up and keep it. Or at the very least, don't give it to the state. Although it does say she gave it to the, to the, back to a bank, apparently. So then the bank turned it into the police. So maybe, you know, she figured that the, I don't, I don't know what she was thinking when she went and took it to the bank versus the yeah, police. Yeah, that's really weird. That, that doesn't make much sense Well, it to might me. have been in the parking lot of a bank or something like that. I mean, you don't know. Good point. That's true. It does say it was a nearby uh, Chase Bank as to where the uh, the money was found. So that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, it's, it's so hard to know. maybe the, the bank probably turned it over to the police after a certain amount like. of time because they probably waited for a customer to call about lost money. Now that now that uh, cities are doing this, what is the right thing to do with, if you find a big s- stack of money? Keep it. I don't know what else to do. I mean, like that's exactly what the government has turned us all into. You know, I mean, if the government's you know, going to keep it for two months until somebody claims it and then give it back to you, then you know that seems like the it, it seems like the honest thing to do is to tell the government, "Hey, I found some money." Right. But now the government's going to you know keep the money after two months and say, "Ah, oh, you know." It's ours. What, what a surprise. You count on the government to teach your kids morality, and they completely reverse things, and they teach the exact opposite lesson from what should be taught. Yeah. Her, her dad's absolutely right in this, uh, in this case. 
At the time uh, that Ashley found the envelope full of money, she was living in a one-bedroom apartment with her parents and four brothers and sisters. Wow. Oh. The family had recently moved girl. to Texas from Colorado and should have, and could have used the money, but she felt that the $2,000 might mean more to its owner. She said, if this could be someone else's life, this could be someone's home. She said, if I took it, I could never live down the guilt that would be in me. Ashley said the bank was surprised to see such honesty, but her parents weren't. Her dad said it was like an experience that presented itself like a test, and my daughter passed with flying colors beautifully. Unfortunately, the government did not. Just thought that was interesting. Yeah, he didn't say that. Well, it's disgusting. It's really, really vile. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, the whole idea, you, we get it day in and day out. Poor sycophants. Usually they're old. They call in. They have, they, they've conflated in their mind obeying the law with morality. They believe that doing the right thing means obeying the law. And the government doesn't do the right thing. The organization that enforces the law doesn't do the right thing whenever you give it an opportunity. I mean, it generally fails. They took $2,000 the from a little girl, man. How in the world can you believe that obeying the law is moral? 1-800-259-9231. Don't worry. The police department spokes bureaucrat says it's going to be put to good use. It's That's okay. right. It's, it's okay, little use. lady. I guess she's a little lady. She's a teenage girl. Right. But. If somebody believes that statement, if somebody within the sound of my voice believes that the, the police department <laughs> is going to make good use of that $2,000. Hey, they might buy some guns so, or some bombs or something like that. Well, they or, should just go out and give $2,000 to the government. I mean, if they believe that this money is going to be well spent, then, well, gosh darn it, get out there and give the rest of your money to the government. Pay a little extra on your property taxes. Absolutely. The government needs it, and they're very efficient. Yeah, I know what those police are going to do with that. They're going to put that money to the use of arresting peaceful people. People like this teenage girl, you know, she'll she'll likely right. encounter the police in a very negative she fashion get busted at some point. For smoking pot or drinking underage yeah. at some point, and that's where her two thousand dollars went. Absolutely right. You better believe it. Let's go uh, continue here. We'll take your phone calls eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Typically, the government teaching the opposite of morality. Just perfect. Just a perfect example, textbook example of these uh, criminals. Let's continue here. Bob is listening in Indy to WXNT. Bob, what's on your mind tonight? Good evening. Hey, what's happening, man? Hey, what's on your mind, Bob? Go ahead. Oh, I don't know. I was walking to the store to grab me, like, a little whiskey. I've been drinking a little bit, but I'm cool. Right on. Um, and, like, um, there's an arrest happening and um, at the EP, and there's, like, uh, children screaming and, what are you doing with my daddy and all this oh, bullshit. Geez. Oh, I'm sorry. You were drinking, and so we've got to let you go. Can't let that go on the air. Sorry about that, dude. Too bad. You fell off the... Fell yeah. off the t- he said he was going to be stool. good, too. Oh, he said he was cool. Yeah. Well, he he's probably he cool, probably too. Cool, yeah. but, well, I'd be interested in hearing the story, but I would also like to remind people, don't ever, ever do activism like filming the police while you're drunk. Why not? It's just a bad idea. You I've done it before. What's that? I've done it before. You've generally had backup, a but large amount of backup. Yeah, a lot of people. Um, you know, most people that uh, are listening to this show imagine, yeah, it's a bad they idea. They get to... a little liquid courage in their gut and they think, I'm going to film the police. Well, it's a bad idea to film the police if you're alone any in any time. But it's a worse idea to be drunk and alone. So I would agree with you there, Mark. It's it's an easy way for people to uh, for the cops to say, there's a bad guy. He's drunk. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Plus, you're more likely to mouth off at them and uh, say something that would yeah. would really upset them. Right. Like, imagine that you're going to do everything right and then say BS on the radio. Yeah. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Maybe he could call tomorrow night when he's not been drinking and tell us the story. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. More of the way. Your calls coming up. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. And those features include news updates. You get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, Go to news.freetalklive.com, get signed up there. You can follow us via email, Facebook, Twitter, whichever works best for you. More than one if you'd like. All free. News.freetalklive.com. Are you tired of watching the value of the dollar plummet? Are you tired of banks charging you fees? Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency. And it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world, and their value seems to only be growing with time. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.org. Again, it's WeUseCoins.org. Let's continue taking your phone calls and go to Bill, listening in Indy to WXNT. Hello, Bill. Well, hi there. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, the dollar went down today, but gold and silver did too. It didn't protect you today. Not oh, today. Well. Over time, uh, historically, gold and silver is a great protection against inflation, though. Yeah, over time. You're mm-hmm. right. I want to comment on this um, this deal about finding money or something. I don't know what the details were. Teenage but. girl found $2,000 in an envelope uh, in a parking lot, turned it in, and the government while it, the government people could not find the actual owner, so they decided to just keep it for themselves. Well, she made a big mistake by turning it in, number uh-huh. one. Um, if you really feel, you know, if you don't have any name on it or anything... Um, this is the way my morality is. Um, if you if you don't want to keep it yourself and you feel guilty and all that, then it's up to you. You just put out a little newspaper ad and you just say, "I found money." You leave a contact number, like your little cell phone number or whatever you got, and you'll maybe field a thousand calls. You'll get a lot of crackpots, but you have to get the other person to describe. What exactly did you lose? What was it in? Right. You know, where did you? Where do you think you lost it? What was it in? That's How much right. was it? And That's if somebody right. can nail all the details, then you probably have found the correct donor. But who reads hey. newspapers anymore? You'd probably have to do right. it on That's Craig's the question. List. I mean, Craigslist. Uh, you know what? What would you do? Well, you just—I don't know. Newspaper was the old-fashioned day, and that was that back yeah. Andy Griffith back in the old days. But I, you can't blame the girl for going to the state. Well, because that's what you're taught. I mean, she was a young girl in school, right? So she probably still sometimes had the friendly police officers mm-hmm. coming in and talking about the good deeds they do. Well, it's too bad the parents didn't teach the girl right. That's the thing. Maybe she well, was just a little too young to, you know, if she was seven or eight years old, it was, it was, uh, I can excuse her, but if she's 14 or 15, she should know better. Yeah, she was 15. I see where you're coming from. I think that she thought she was doing the right thing, and now she's been taught that it uh, is definitely the wrong thing to give well, money to the state. She earned. She earned. Okay. Have cost, a good night, cost guys. a $2,000 lesson, and thanks for the call. And when you're 15 years old, $2,000 is uh, – that's a lot of money. The other thing sure that is. you could do is if you put an ad out and nobody 
actually called and really claimed the money, mm-hmm. you could donate it to a charity sure of your you choice if you still felt bad about keeping it. Boy, and how much more good would that really, have done? Right. If you really wanted to put the money to good use, like the cops said they were going to, right. the community kitchen or, you know what I mean, something like that would have been a nice place for that. Absolutely right. Let's continue here uh, with your calls. Robert is listening in Huntsville to WBHP. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, I appreciate you taking my call. Hey, Robert, what's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, it's it's this unique uh, new approach in uh, in visitation in the court systems in this in this country. I know at least in this state, where the custodial parent has, uh, of course, you know, the majority of the time spent with the with the child. Uh, if there's ever a, a conflict on that, they simply bring up that. Well, you know what. Uh, the child doesn't want to go over there, so there must be a problem. So let's uh, let's let's bring in counseling, which is in the tune of about five thousand bucks. If the non-custodial parent can't afford that, then they just basically don't ever get to see their kids again. Wow! <laughs> and this is new policy yeah. in Alabama. It, 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 I'm, you know, it could be everywhere. I don't hmm. know. I mean, it's it's definitely here because the judge will not hear it. If uh, if they're well, until I, I will hear it once the I hear back from the counselor saying you know a determination on this thing. All right, so of we course, decree so we decree that in order to have uh, custody, it's a partial custody of your child, you have to go to this five thousand dollar counseling. Oh, what's that? You can't afford it, like most like most people couldn't afford right. that, like the uh, real world. Oh, sorry. Well, I guess you're just not going to get to see your kids. That basic, and, and, and the custody's not the issue. The cu- she has custody, and that's fine. I just want visitation of wow. every other week. You can't even visit. So this no, happened right. to you. Absolutely. This is going on right now. Wow. Man, I'm and sorry. so, so until, this, and th- you know, th- until this is, uh, this uh, counseling happens and the determination is made by the counselor, then the mm-hmm. judge just goes to the next case, which is, of course, uh, you know, he's got – Five million on the docket, maybe. I don't, you know, who knows? But the point of the matter is, in the meantime, I'm not getting to see my kids in the formative years of their life. Yeah, and you're <laughs> still paying the child support as well. Absolutely, right, right. paying for kids yeah, you don't get to see. You pay, pay, pay. And if you don't pay the child support, then they'll put you in a cage. They'll come get me quick. Oh, Absolutely. that doesn't seem right at all. It's horrifying to, yeah. to have to pay for children you're not allowed to see. Yep, it's out, absolutely outrageous. Thanks for the call tonight. I'm sorry to hear about that. What else can you do? Yeah, it's, you, you know, we get so screwed. many calls from fathers out there, you know, and it's it, the, the system just screws them over and over again, and it's 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 sad. I mean, that's all you can say. Let's talk to uh, Bent Brent. Not sure the name on this one. Indianapolis, listening to WXNT. Is it Bent B E N T? No, it's Ben. Ben. Hey, Ben. What's yeah. on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, I've been listening the past couple of weeks, and I do enjoy your guys' show. Uh, however, I, I feel like this is a kind of a platform, kind of like AA, where people always talk about their stories, and they never come up with any solutions to anything. we got all kinds uh, of solutions, it, man. What do you want a solution well, for? All right. Okay. Well, the most blatant point that I can make in regards to my statement is yesterday you guys were talking about law enforcement and how the cops had entered somebody's apartment because they smelled uh, marijuana in the air, which I fully disagree with the Supreme Court's ruling on, and I am in full agreement with you guys. However, in your explanation of defending your guys' stance on it, you pretty much said they're like a cleanup crew and that they only show up after the fact. Well, in all honesty, that is almost 100% incorrect in the way that 
almost all of police officers' calls are domestic violence calls where those are the most dangerous, which any police officer will tell you. And they're calls where the police show up in the middle of arguments and have to separate, usually, the two parties involved in some way, shape, or form. He's calling you out, Mark, and he's, he's absolutely right. I mean, on you this made a, issue, he's right. You I made mean, a you general would... statement, and it wasn't a truly accurate one. I think that night. most people, what they're concerned about having police around isn't for domestic violence uh, calls. They, that's not what they're thinking in their mind when they say, we have to have cops. What they're thinking is, is you know, there's bad people out there run, running around. They they burglarize places. They steal cars. They set things on fire. They hurt people randomly. They'll break into people's homes and harm them in their house. They'll even kill you. Um, I think that that's what people are concerned with: hoodlums, as opposed to sort of the uh, the, the, the 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 domestic uh, dispute thing. I so, mean, so you're absolutely right, Ben. But that doesn't bring up the issue of solutions. Right. You wanted a solution for something. So I'll bring you back here in a moment. You can uh, come back and share more of your thoughts. 800-259-9231. Feel free to call us out. We're, you know, fallible. We make mistakes. We're human beings. Uh, we say things that maybe we didn't mean to say and make mistakes. So feel free to call us out live on the air. We don't have a problem with that. Uh, 800-259-9231. More with Ben here if he sticks with us and your calls as well. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. You may dial in toll-free, bring up anything you'd like, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. Again, we invite you to our website. The features there are free, unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for their site. So head on over to freetalklive.com, where we have listening options. You can listen via our live streams. Both broadband and dial-up versions are available around the clock. 24-7, the latest episode of Free Talk Live is there for you. So head to listen.freetalklive.com to get tuned in that way and learn about our other uh, listening options, 98 great radio stations across the country that carry the show at different times throughout the week. Our satellite listening options, including XM Satellite Radio, as well as our free-to-air satellite channel, the webcam, and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance and listen in that way. Go to listen.freetalklive.com. Now, we've got Ben on the uh, the line here with us. Now, Ben, uh, you were uh, calling us out, calling out Mark specifically because he made a general statement, which was unfair, and I should have called you out for it, Mark, but sometimes it's just, you know, I don't do that. Um well, I've got a defense that I really didn't uh, wasn't able to to get out there. And what Ben said was that um, I said that mostly what police do. No, is you said all that they do. You made a very general generally statement. what they do. Uh, okay, fine. All all that they do is they're the cleanup crew. That uh, there's a crime that's uh, committed. They come in, they take a report or whatever, and that's what they do. And Ben pointed out, I think accurately, that uh, they make what now what he said was most of their calls now ben can you back that up or is that just something you were were saying i mean do you he, he said most of their calls was domestic uh, violence, domestic ben, violence. Are you with us yeah i'm i'm definitely here okay do, do you know that it's most of the calls or you're just saying that it's a lot of calls 
No, I'm saying from, and I only have a few friends that were in the armed forces and then uh, as a part of that, they went on to be police officers. And, you know, I, I like watching cops. I like watching criminal investigations. I like watching those. And on those shows, it, it just seems, and from the, the talks that I've had with my friends, the a majority of their calls are calls from people that are having arguments that are not being dealt with in a rational fashion. Okay. And... The police say that those are the most dangerous to go on because it's in the heat of the moment. I, okay, so I'll, I'll, give is, you, I'll give you that one, and I think that at this point we'll call it a lot of calls because we don't know whether it's the majority or not because that's a positive right. statement. But we'll call it a lot of calls, and I'll concede that. I think that that's a, it's a good point. But I would also like to say that most people who are listening don't ever call the police for a domestic violence situation. Most people who are – I've never done that. So therefore, most people, when they deal with the police, they're dealing with them either in a a fundraising uh, format form. So they're giving a ticket or they're busting them for a joint or something like that, or they're reporting something that's stolen or some kind of crime that's committed against them. So, you know, you're dealing with a small portion of the population that calls over and over and over again on domestic violence is what I'm guessing. This is just my... A lot of cops come back to the same house. Right. This is just the the kind of people they're dealing with. And I honestly believe if if they've been called twice to the same house in three months, you've got two criminals, not one. Hey, I, I agree 100%, and if you'd give me 10 seconds, I'd like to make one other point that I think would help your guys show out greatly. Uh, if you guys could figure out what, and I don't know your political affiliations, but if you guys could figure out what a lot of these callers that are either Republican or Democrat call about and the issues they're willing to compromise on, because I, I'm 30 years old, and I know in, in my generation – all that is argued about in the public forum are issues that people feel strongly about. But throughout the political election of the president and throughout uh, a lot of politics, people talk about working with others. I never, ever hear anything about what people are willing to compromise about. I consider myself a Republican just because of financial aspects. But when it comes to abortion, gay marriage, legalization of some things like marijuana and prostitution, I am the farthest from a Republican I can get, but I never hear a Republican say, yeah, I'm willing to concede those issues if I can get tax cuts for the rich. And on the other end, I never hear Democrats talk about how they're willing to cut unemployment or any of that to get the, you know, abortion legalized and here's or the gay reason. marriage out there. Here's the reason. Because politics isn't designed that way. You're not going to stir up your uh, your base, your, your voting public on either the Republican or Democrat side by saying, hey, I went out and I compromised away half of the things that you care about to those gosh darn other people, whatever they are. And I understand. It's, it's really unfortunate. We've got this loser, winner, winner takes all political system where somebody who gets 50 percent plus one of the vote and that's if there's two people running manages to take everything away and that's what the problem is well also to that goes back to what's the solution well hold on ben we'll get to the solution in a moment but one more point on compromise compromise happens 
constantly in politics, but it's the in reverse. politics, but not he's talking about in life. He's talking about people who are Democrats and people who are Republicans. But my point being, right. he's you were also you know referring to these candidates as well. There was a, it was a question about politics. Uh, sure. What ends up happening is the compromise happens in reverse. They won't compromise for more freedom. They'll compromise for more control. So what ends up happening is the Republicans and Democrats they come in there and they do what they call I think it's called log rolling, uh, where essentially they'll say, oh, well, I want to pass this bill and this bill and this bill. And you're going to need my vote in order to pass your bills. So how about I vote for your bills and you vote for my bills and we'll pass everything. And so they end up compromising on their supposed values of what they want to protect and what they want to roll back the government on in order to have their government move forward on issues that they think government should be uh, be handling. So compromise is constant throughout politics, but it's always compromising your liberty in favor of the government's control. Okay, so if what I do you could listen to your solution, and then I'll give you the solution uh, overall. Now, what, now what specifically I, are you looking for a solution in regards to? to? To government and the power, like you said, it's not about, uh, you know, it's, it's about 50% plus one. I, I think that I have a pretty decent solution to that, and I'd like to hear yours about why government is so two-sided and why we can't get to a, a, a moderate level of government rather than this, uh, you know, lifestyle of government where they're they're regulating social issues along with economic issues. Uh, I feel like economic issues affect uh, people overall way greater than the social issues that are adopted by Republicans. Um, that. I think that I have a solution to it. So what to do to, to stop the growth of government, to, to reverse it? To what, what, Yes, exactly. That's what you guys are answering. You guys are, at least in my couple weeks of listening, and honestly, WXNT has picked up a lot more of your show, which is awesome to yeah. me because I do enjoy listening. But uh, in the last couple weeks that I've gotten to listen, it seems like a lot of the talk uh, on your show is in regards to how big government is, how powerful they are, how they have so yeah. much control. Well, government uh, keeps that, getting bigger yeah. because – all of its right. interests are in to get bigger. I mean, they want bigger budget. The bureaucrats themselves want bigger budgets. When a program is created, it always grows beyond its original intentions because each bureaucrat wants to have more bureaucrats underneath them. They want to have bigger budgets for their departments, and so they're constantly lobbying uh, for greater increases in government. People are taught when they're in government schools that government is the solution to problems in society, so when they identify that something is wrong... Do you got a wrong, favorite drink? Well, let's go to the politicians and make it the state drink. They, they do that, actually. Exactly. Uh, so there's so all, government is always is the seen solution? as the solution, uh, and so that's why why government continue, one of the multiple reasons why governments continue to grow, plus they've got violence behind them and they, they know they can just do whatever it is they want to, the solution is not an easy solution. The solution requires significant uh, significant level of activism on a you know, coordinated, uh, with a, somewhat of a coordinated effort. That's why we moved to New Hampshire as part of the, uh, the Free State Project, because I spent years doing politics down in Florida and getting absolutely nowhere. I was spinning my wheels, just throwing money into a fire, uh, essentially, trying trying to do something to achieve more freedom in my lifetime, and it just wasn't working. So when I heard of the idea of getting liberty-minded people together, people that understand that government is the problem and not the solution, getting those people together into the same geographic area was like a no-brainer for me. It took me a while to get over the issue of being cold, because I was from Florida, and now we're in New Hampshire. Uh, But once I got over that issue, I joined up, and it's been great so far. We've seen tremendous advances in the ideas of liberty here in in New Hampshire compared to what I've seen anywhere else uh, around the rest of the country.
So I don't know. That's not really a solution for most people, though, because most people aren't willing. It's the to only do solution that's going to work. Everybody wants to vote their way to a solution, but he said he had one. All right, and I want to hear it. All right, we're going to bring it back again. I want, here. I want to tear his solution apart. Two segments for Ben. More in a moment here uh, with Ben and, and your thoughts if you want to get him in here. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Only moments remain. If you have a solution, you're welcome to uh, to share it. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And we give you the features on the site there completely free. So enjoy those on us. Uh, once again, that's freetalklive.com. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. Uh, don't forget, Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. Yeah, SACL CAI, they're, account, they're the company that handles accounts receivable. If you have a business that needs to try something new in the area of collections, uh, they handle collections, they do early out billing, they purchase charged off receivables, it's SACL CAI. See their banner? It's the top one on the right-hand side at freetalklive.com. We're back to Ben. Ben, you're back on Free Talk Live listening in Indy to WXNT. Now, we were talking about the problems inherent in the system, how it is constantly moving towards more government, despite all the claims of all the so-called small government people over the years. They've all ended up working to make the government larger. So our solution was the Free State Project. That's why the three of us are here in New Hampshire. Um, and the idea of bringing liberty-minded people together, people that understand the principle uh, behind what what liberty is all about, the idea that in order to live free, you must allow others to live free, and that uh, living free means you should be free to live your life how you want, so long as you don't aggress against others. Bringing those people together and then letting them create those solutions, that seems to be working. But what was your solution? You said you had one. All right. And there's, yeah, there's two aspects to the solution. I'll be very quick because I know you got people on hold. But the first aspect is the fair tax. I don't know if you guys have, have knowledge about that. I'm oh, sure plenty. Do, we spent an so hour and a half interviewing one of their, okay. uh, their people. It's a political solution, dude. What makes you hold think on. that these same people are going to make that happen for you? Hold on. Hold on. All right. I, Wait, uh, the the political people are the problem, and that's where the second aspect comes in, is the term limits, okay? I believe in term limits and the fair tax, and I think that implementing both of those solutions will absolutely start to retard the way that that government operates in our daily lives. If we take the power for them to grant unemployment extensions, uh Funding okay, of, of right. Go, I, go ahead, guys. I'll hang up your, and I'll let you respond to that. But thanks. thanks I'm making as short as I can. I know people are on the line. And Thank you, ben. here's here's my problems. Term limits turns uh, the last term of every politician into a giant lame duck session where they can do whatever they want and get away with it and just turn into a lobbyist later. Nobody likes lame duck politicians. Nobody likes uh, bills that are passed uh, after elections have occurred. That's essentially what happens. Look, what could you do to George Bush after he won a second term? Nothing. Secondly, um, fair, uh, the fair tax. The fair tax, as it is written, as it is proposed, gives a seven-year period of the government having a of, of uh, a sales tax 
before it sunsets if they don't do something about the 16th Amendment, which is the income tax. So there'll be a seven-year period difficult to do. with a 27% uh, sales tax and then and an income tax on top of that. And then we're supposed to trust the politicians at the end of that to finally get rid of the 16th Amendment. It's never going to happen. The same politicians who are always growing government, right? right? If, because... they want to get rid of the, if they want to get rid of the 16th Amendment and then put in the, the fair tax, I suppose you, you, know, you, can, you can claim that's some kind of value. But 23% hidden in t- inside of, uh, of, of the purchase price isn't that great. I don't believe in fair taxes. taxes don't forget the are... welfare check for every uh, household in America. Right. That, that's the uh, that's the prebate that they talk about. So it turns every American into a welfare queen. Plus, right, we were talking about the enti- Julia was talking about the entitlement mentality. I mean, Julia, can you imagine if every household in America was receiving a check on a was it a monthly basis? It's a monthly check. A monthly check from the federal government, supposedly to give them a what they call you said a prebate to give them a little bit of a discount, supposedly on some of the things they need to buy with this national sales tax. I mean, what would that do to increase this entitlement mentality? Every every American household receiving a check. It isn't going to do anything good, is it? One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So the, what what you basically got is uh, some situation where uh, you know. The, you're you're expecting politicians to to solve these problems and they're 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 not going to i mean this is a good rallying point i mean i i i liked the sound of it at one point but it's just you know the idea of a fair tax it doesn't make much sense to me tax is money stolen at the threat of violence from other people it's stolen money how can that be fair and all of the things that he's proposing are top-down solutions. They're, uh, and it's very common for people to do this because they still believe... If only we could get the government to do X. Right. They still believe that somewhere in their heart of hearts that the government can be controlled. That there's something... If we can just elect the right people who have the right ideas, whether it's the fair tax or whatever it is, the ideas you think are important, if we can just elect those right people, then they can change everything about how Washington, D.C. works. And that's what you know. This, this Herman, whatever guy that uh, was running for Republican office, he's he's proposing the fair tax, and there's you know, no evidence that that's ever going to change. That anything, everything, anything significant is ever going to change at uh, the national level. And if you did have the term limits, then you wouldn't have Ron Paul. I mean, that Ron Paul, who's like the one guy in Congress who actually votes no on things on a consistent basis. He's been in, what, for 10 terms or something like that? 10 terms or 11 yeah. or 12 terms? Or I think something? it's 10 or 12 or something like that. It's an incredible amount of terms. With, with term limits, Ron Paul would have been in and out, and that would have been the end of Ron Paul. Right. So do you really want term limits? I don't know. Yeah, it's not, not going to change anything. They play musical chairs. They, um, you know, there, there are states with term limits. Uh, go ahead. Ohio has term limits, right? Yeah. So it, is, is Ohio the bastion of liberty in the United no. States? It's nothing like that. There's plenty of big government in Ohio. Right. If you want to know what term limits look like, look at Ohio. If you want to know what it looks like if you've got a Democrat-controlled government, look at New York. Look at New Jersey. Look at California. If you want to know what that uh, Republican paradise looks like, take a look at uh, Alabama, Mississippi. Uh, Florida. Uh, yeah, well, Florida's not really Republican. Really? It's purple. All right. Sarasota, Florida. <laughs> Sarasota, Florida is a good example. <laughs> That's where we grow but, up. Uh, but Texas, Utah, these are Republican strongholds. Yeah. These place, this is, These states are what Republicans Republicans run states like. So you can see that stuff. I mean, it's it's available for the looking at. People are just blind. I mean, this, these aren't bastions of freedom out there. 
Right. And the people who are going to run for these political offices aren't going to be any different in most for most cases than the same animals that are currently in these positions. These are positions of power and positions of power attract a certain type of individual. There are the occasional exceptions like Ron Paul, but there are the exceptions for a reason, because the positions attract corruptible and corrupt people. And to ask these people to do something for liberty is just it's a fool's errand. Focus on what you can control, and that is you, your life, the amount of liberty that you're able to achieve personally, avoiding as as much government control and taxes, refusing to obey the government's diktats, refusing to pay their fines. These are things that can really halt the growth of government by your non-cooperation, getting together with other like-minded people, as we've done here in New Hampshire, and focusing mostly on local you know local elections and things like that which you actually have some level of influence over uh, as opposed well, to these there, national elections. There are 12 free staters elected to the, the state house now. There are more than, was it more than 200 that were elected by, that were endorsed by the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance? Yeah, like 150. 150. Like it, it, an incredible number. I can't remember but what it is. It's I, going up. There was only like two or three free staters the year before that. Now there's 12. And so two, two years well, from now. They don't have to more. be a free stater as far as I'm concerned. I could care less whether they moved right. to New Hampshire for liberty or they're here and they believe but in the But it's evidence of, of progress. Liberty. It's evidence of things changing. And of course, as there's more success for liberty, the the coercionists out there get more. But the frustrated. bills are getting passed. I mean, these things are, can actually you could actually see this if you really do believe in fiscally conservative government. If you believe that people should be free in the uh, you know in areas of the sort of social areas of your life, then. As far as I'm concerned, you're qualified for the Free State Project. Take a look at freestateproject.org. It's the only solution I've come up with. Why do you know it's the only solution? Because I'm from Florida. And believe me, I wasn't looking for the solution to move 1,400 mm-hmm. miles into the frozen hinterland. At least that's what I thought it was at the time. I mean, it's rather warm today. But <laughs> I wasn't looking for that. That wasn't Funny, my solution. because it was a high of 54 today. So I think five years ago, you probably wouldn't have said that was very nah, warm. No way, man. I'd have been bundled up. <laughs> yeah, I guess today wasn't, but I, you know, I was thinking yeah. about a couple of days ago when I was walking up the stairs. I'm like, it's kind of warm in the house. Oh, there's been some days recently. It's been absolutely splendid up here. All right, let's continue though with your phone calls and talk to Michael in Norfolk, listening to WTAR. Michael, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, yes, uh, you're, you've had a wonderful uh, conversation. Uh, the solution is very simple. Uh, this is a program that is uh, uh, poised to make a change in America. And there has to be one simple message. Tax the Christian Broadcasting Network. What? That will, that will, if you bring that message out, if you, if you do a continual investigation as it has been done here in Norfolk with the Virginian Pilot newspaper going back into the 90s, you will find the attitudes of this nation changing. Ronald Reagan. Your solution, over. just to be clear, your solution is to tax the Christian Broadcasting Network. Absolutely. And it how's that going goes, to change anything about freedom? That's going to change everybody's attitude because they're going to listen to the investigation that was done in the 1990s on how. Pat You'll have Robertson to call us another night on that, man, because we don't yeah. have time to get into the details. The time's up, but I'm, I, you know, I, I'd love, I'd love there to be such a simple solution. I'm not willing to just dismiss it out of hand. Increasing but at taxes. At this point, my mind's going to dismiss it. Taxing churches, increasing taxes. No, it's just one organization, the Christian Broadcasting Network. Just one organization. That's going to solve the problems with freedom in this country. Okay, we'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. 
What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed liberty media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, newsprint, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more. Visit freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com.